my spidey senses tingling. Really big show. Blame it on the rain. Blame it on the stars. Whatever you do, don't put the blame on this gentleman. He's slim. This is the host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 134. Longest intro in history. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Paper Keg uh, Podcast. We talk about the books that we've read during the week, and we'll do a book club. Waste. Oh. Press. Anthony Johnson. And Christopher Mitten, Oni Press, Dust, Sand, Despair, you name it. This book has got it for you. Uh, let's introduce our host. He's wearing some kind of drapery to keep himself warm. Podcast bad boy, Dale underscore A. Welcome to the show. Uh, when this bad boy was looking up heating blankets... On Amazon.com, heating blankets are expensive. <laughs> Newsflash. I don't have to be a bad boy in real life and go steal one from a department store. <laughs> or a small child. I'm not even sure you could be arrested for that stealing a heating blanket. They might just just slap you on the wrist. I'll probably start a fight, so I don't even know what would happen. Uh, we have an actual writer on the show. We talk about comics, so we we had to get the best. To sit in on the shows, and we settled for Jonesy Loves Beer, unpublished. Yeah, the real uh, writer had to leave at uh, episode 101, so, uh, you know, you can't afford to get a real writer, so you got the worst, and I'm here to help. Least favorite host voted of Paper By the numbers. The numbers have spoken. Um, We'll also do letters at the end of the show. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, we'll read it, but uh, Wasteland, Big Book Club. I, I still remember when we went to the uh, Labor Ready to find a third host for the show, and we requested a writer specifically, and Jonesy was sitting there, unemployed. <laughs> hey guys, all right. Podcast. Da, 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 da. Podcast unemployed at the time. Now he's he's just booning with podcasts and guest hosts. Booning, yeah. I don't have to make chicken bone stew in an alley anymore. Yeah, you know, I'm good. I'm not. I'm no longer a hobo. Still hobo not chili on the Echo Riff podcast, but we'll get into that later. Maybe one year. Uh, big show, big show. Breaking news over the wire. We don't even have a new segment anymore. Um, but I know Dale's chomping at the bit to talk about this big news. Big. Oh, yeah. What was your reaction? Set the stage, Dale. What, what were you doing today when the news broke that your boy goes by the name of Peter Parker, allegedly coming back in April? Set, set the stage for us. Um, well, it's not probably as glamorous or exciting as you would imagine. If On the weekends, 
I am barely plugged in. I'm tweeting out and checking my personal timeline, but my lists, my uh, news sites are uh, uh, are very barely checked. So um, you can imagine, you know, I have you know kids running around me. I'm at my wife's uncle's house for dinner. Mm. Kids running around. I'm trying to get them to stop touching the uh, crystal chess sets and things like this. And along came a spider news story about Peter Parker. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I get there's there's no signal out there. It's worse, you know, further out in the woods than South my Jersey. House. I don't even think cell phone companies work in South Jersey. If we could be honest. Uh, yeah, it's it's it was pretty dire straight. So I'm scrambling to read. I'm scrambling to get these kids to stop like banging on curio cabinets. It's the most intense part. I can't. I actually can't wait to get to work tomorrow so I can catch up on the news because uh, variant covers announced that Marcos Martin cover. Nutty is uh, like Desiree in visual form. <laughs> like I am. I am like a Capulet, and I got my Hawaiian shirt unbuttoned with no shirt underneath, and I reach for my long sword, which is really a gun, and I have the angel wings on at the party. I'm, I'm looking at you right through an aquarium. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I might even, you know, I'd, I'd buy the uh, Chris Omni animal variant of this book. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... I mean, I'm excited. I, I like... And I have no qualms about where the story is right now. I thought you were uh, kind of lukewarm on where things have been. The, this uh, well, the Venom story or whatever. The Venom storyline just wasn't doing it for me. Um, isn't doing it for me. But the bloom is not off the, the rose as a whole, as Jonesy would probably surmise. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is... this It's coming back. You know, I'm still waiting for the... Uh, the loophole that Marvel... There's always a loophole with any press release. Um, Dan Slott said there different? was a twist. He said there will be a twist. See? Quote. See? And I quote. I, I have no idea what it means, but it will it will probably set the world on fire as soon as it's revealed. Dan Slott... Ben Riley. Dan Slott will get so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Slott will get so much more Twitter hate. <laughs> But the funniest part, back. funniest part about the press release, he was talking about how he had to, you know, deal with the internet hate and you know kids coming up to him and and being sad that Peter Parker was dead and wasn't coming back. What person in their in their right mind was thinking, well, that's it, that's the end of Peter Parker. No more Peter Parker ever <laughs> in Marvel. Let's Comics. tell my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what parent would allow their poor child to just continue thinking he's Matt, dead and not coming back? Matt, wake up! It's three a.m. Matt, wake up! We have to talk. It's Pete. <laughs> He's gone. You'll read it's, the... No- little Pete. James, you'll read the story tomorrow on USA Today, but Peter is dead. He's right. not coming back. He will never be back, probably. <laughs> it's enough to make me... It would be enough to make me want to drink poison. Uh, <laughs> me and Dan Slot in a tomb. <laughs> i am got my Hawaiian shirt open with no shirt underneath. But you catch his other's eyes just as he's waking up and you're right. going down. Yeah. Just that moment. And uh, Mercutio's wearing high heels for some reason. Through, stick in through the, the aquarium, Dale. I'm looking at you through the aquarium. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually was kind of bummed that maybe I didn't expect it to happen so soon. 
but maybe Superior Spider-Man sales are dipping slightly. We're like, ah, I guess we can bring him back now. I, I've been enjoying Superior, and I was half hoping that Miles would would shoot into the Marvel U and take over a new Amazing Spider-Man. That would piss people off. When's even that going to happen? Mm. I mean, the angry sales that you would get from a Miles Morales Amazing angry Spider-Man sales. book <laughs> that would surpass Superior. I think. Can you? T- t- can you? I actually know nothing about what's going on there, but. I think everybody thought the Ultimate Universe was going to be done with Cataclysm, but now it's just going to be reborn again. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't <sighs> expect. I was ready for them to just take Miles and maybe his buddies into the Marvel U. I mean, there's nothing left in that universe. Here's a twist. Ultimate Peter Parker is reborn as 616 <laughs> Peter Parker. Oh, it's just because a, in, a universe in, jump. In Cataclysm, Miles and evil Reed Richards go to the 616 universe like willy-nilly to to do something in Stark's uh, office. And they just fly right back. Like, well, that was easy. Hopefully <laughs> he'll just really? do that at the end and, like, bring his, bring Ganky and, you know, whatever his cronies Ganky. are. And his, you know, cloak and dagger. Who cares? But All New Ultimates looks really good. I'll say that. Oh, wow. Did you, oh, yeah, so you're, maybe you're not caught up. All New Ultimates, no. you know what that is? Um, it's, uh, it's Miles yeah. and, like, his friends as a superhero team. So it's just, it's kind oh. of like the the this the cast of Ultimate Spider-Man the animated show like he's got Luke Cage and he's got you know the chick character Iron Fist. Oh cool. So that's what I I got from it. So the I can't believe we just uh, ran out of Desiree, guys. Sad sad state of affairs. You know what though? I somebody else heard the news about the uh, whole Peter Parker. Tell us about it. Come back. What a night. I think new listeners are barely dialed into the fact this is a comic book podcast. Can, can we get the intern on to see when we became three disc jockeys doing a radio <laughs> show at 3 a.m.? See if we can find out what point did we cross where we all had something queued up and ready to go. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're running out of tape. It's almost 11 p.m. already, and I got work in the morning. So we got to get right into the thick of things. Um... Our fourth choice for host for the show originally when we put it together. <laughs> he came through in the end. Jonesy loves beer. What did you read this oh, week? I, I didn't know you were going to say my name. Uh, I want to talk about Letter 44, Issue 3. Uh, this book is just chugging right along. Uh, it's the little sci-fi book that could. Uh, great stuff happening in both the A and B plot. Uh, a plot is, uh, you know, the President Glade's is still giving 100% support to the Clark. That's the ship that's hurtling towards the asteroid belt uh, to kind of check out what this alien presence is. Uh, we learn a little bit more about life aboard the Clark. Uh, like, I'm going to, you know, I know this is a family safe podcast, but there's some crazy adult open relationship scenarios oh, yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixing and matching, if you will. I'm sure oh, car yeah. keys and, and glass bowl, uh, bowls are involved. Oh, my. Uh, the B plot is all about uh, the potential exposure of the story. What if it breaks to mankind, and how will mankind handle the fact that we are not alone in the universe? Uh, this book, it's so crazy good. You'd be foolish not to be reading it. Uh, letter 44, issue 3, out now. I was... um. I had forgotten. I think we discussed it before, but I was reminded that Charles Soule writes that book, and that yeah, guy can write 
that guy will write some books and you will love them no matter did, what. Did you read his blog post that where he says that he runs a law practice at the same time as writing all these comics? Get out of here. No, I, I won't get out of here, in fact. But no, you I'm should, serious. You get out. You should Google Charles Seal Law Practice blog. Jeez. That's crazy. Mm. And he essentially uh, details people. I guess people ask him how he does it, and then he wrote a blog post about how he does it. But that's all, that's don't amazing. Have any children? I'm not married. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, the letter forty four stuff, I I think about it. So they reveal to the president that there's some kind of alien activity happening. Yep. And it's the basis for a lot of the wars that we've been in and all the silliness. What? How would this president get anything done? I would not be able to do anything homebound for any kind well, of Congress bullcrap about taxes. This would be on my mind constantly. It, essentially, it is that they do talk about how like his poll positions drop and he's got a low approval rate, and this you know this one part of his presidency takes up a lot of his time, and then like unexplainably, instead of like being hard at work, you know, for Americans, he's always like throwing a baseball in the backyard or going for a jog or, you know, doing some shadow boxing. You know, with all this recreation and all this alien stuff, I'm not sure he ever signs a bill (laughs) and a law. He's probably going to be looked at as like a terrible president. And then when he whips out this news, if he does agree to to announce it. but He's going to be the man. (laughs) President Blades. I mean, it's a pretty badass president name. Bad A. It was Destiny. Jonesy in that mouth. Good lord. Um, we need to get into the book that I read, please, right now. I was stunned when I saw this book hit the comics app. Disclaimer, I work for Comicsology. Batman Judge Dread. Get out of town right this, now. I was. This is a book where I would think would get tied up with like digital licensing forever and never come out digitally. But apparently Batman, Judge Dredd had a few comic books back in the day, some kind of joint venture, and there, it, the, the trade, the collected version of this is available now. It's got like four um, single issues that I guess both publisher, publishing companies put out, kind of like how um, JLA Avengers went where one publisher did a book, or I'm sorry, like more like Batman and Spawn. So Image had a version of that book that they told... And then um, uh, DC told one with the different creative team. And the art in this book is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. When I was like, if I saw this as a kid, fantastic. If I saw this as a kid, I'd be like, well, this is weird. I don't like it. But now as an adult, I can kind of appreciate the different kind of painted art that would have freaked me out as a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first book is Batman Judge Dread Judgment on Gotham by Simon uh, Bisley, Bisley, who is a highly regarded kind of painter. And now that I care about such things, I know more about him. But the the art, every page is gorgeous. It's like a full kind of size painting. You can go into our art show and see these things, like six foot tall p- uh, paintings, and they're pages in a comic book. It's amazing. I tweeted some of them from the Comicsology account last night, and... Uh, unbelievable. You need to buy this at all costs. On a retina really? iPad, it makes me want to just lick it continuously. <laughs> Constant so, licking. 
Are they, uh, is he like, is time traveling Batman? What's happening Yeah, here? Death shows up in Gotham. Death. And the first issue, um, and he, Batman confronts Death, and then he, he hits something on Death's uh, belt, which transfers him into Mega City One, and Judge Dredd finds Batman, and, you know, they obviously butt heads, and they kind of yeah. go at it, and then they- He's not about the law. He's, no, he's not. He's a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Judge Dredd doesn't yeah. like vigilantes. Oh, no. So they go at it, and then there's the female judge. character, female judge. She kind of sees Batman as as a good person, so she tries to help him. And then there's a second story. I actually haven't even finished the second story yet, where some character uh, brings together Judge Dredd and kind of one of his cronies or villains, and then they bring together Batman and the Riddler. So they put them through this kind of like test to see who can survive. So that's the second storyline in this book, and there's two other ones. It's huge. It's like wow. it was like 400 megs. The file on HD It was amazing. Wow! But yeah, all costs. But it's like 12 bucks for 300 pages. 300 pages. That's more pages than we do in a book club. I know, right? That's so, like that's like eight issues. I mean, if you yeah, I think each by each issue is like one of those kind of graphic novel size books. Wow! Nice. That's amazing. I'm interested in checking this out. And let me sweeten the deal a little bit here for Dale underscore A and his love of the big two. Cover by Mike Mignola. Oh, wow. Get out just of purchase. Right bye, bye, just, bye, uh, bye, 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 bye. throw that out right there. Speaking of Dale underscore A, big two fan being Marvel and Dark Horse slash Mignolaverse, as he's stated unequivocally unequivocally i don't know i why why does it have to be announced what i don't it's like i'm being trolled for what i like i'm just stating facts there's no trolling happening i don't i feel like i'm stating facts you're wearing a drapery on yourself to keep yourself warm you look great you look warm what'd you read this week i uh, i'm gonna state this fact right now i read the all-new x factor oh issue one and I was very, very pleasantly surprised mm. by this book. Mm. Um, as as someone who really doesn't know much about the X Factor of old, I know Peter David had an unprecedented run. He's got on some X Factor hardcore fans. That Peter David, they will kill for him. They will kill yeah. you for him. And so I I plan to stay on his good side. Um. All new X Factor One opens with uh, the uh, head of the Thieves Guild, Remy, aka Gambit, mm. uh, trying to steal some ancient artifact, and he's almost got his hands on. He's doing like the uh, the acrobatic dance through the lasers, like the um, like like you would see, and uh, on come the lights. Somebody just flicks the lights on, and there is Wolverine. One headmaster of the Jean Grey School for Mutants, mm-hmm. and he's like, "All right, Remy, let's. We got to get back. I mean, we can't. You can't be doing this right now." And uh, you know, he's putting up a fight. Gambit's putting up a fight, and basically, Logan takes him to task. He's like, "You're a t- you're a teacher. You're a professor at a school. You can't just go stealing things. You just can't do it." And uh, 
And the next panel is like uh, Gambit complaining that like the whole flight home, Logan was really like treating him like a child and stuff like that. And it turns out he's uh, his inner monologue is him, a drunk Gambit at the bar. And the bar is basically like, torn to shreds because somebody made a uh, joke about how New Orleans had Katrina coming. <laughs> so uh, he oh, he's like t- he's wow. like confessing to a, a terrified bartender because Gambit just blew the crap out of the bar. And in walks Polaris, the green-haired vixen. Mm. And she's specifically looking for Gambit and says, uh, you know, I want you for this new team that I'm on. And and what it boils down to is uh, Serval Industries. Serval is an African uh, cat, predatory cat. And Serval Industries is like a um, like a Sony in there in Marvel Six One Six. They're like a, a a conglomerate that puts out electronics, weapons defense systems. It's like a huge thing. Maybe Sony doesn't do weapons defense. I don't know. I, Who knows? Not, they might under some fake uh, industry. And uh, Servo Industries, uh, they say, well, the government can have superhero teams. Earth can have superhero teams. Why can't Servo Industries have its own superhero team? And uh, I'm kind of curious to see how that angle plays out. But Polaris recruits Gambit and also Quicksilver. One Magneto's son shows up and he's going to be on the team as well. So either Gambit has, has quit teaching or went on hiatus but uh, it was written really well. I I like where this could be going. And as someone who doesn't really know anything about X Factor, it's brought up. It's like Gambit's like I don't think you can use the name X Factor. And Serval Industries basically purchased naming rights from Madrox. Nice. Yeah, and, and Matt, he's like, I, and we basically put Madrox up. We sold it. We we gave him so much money that he could retire, you know, on a beach somewhere, or whatever. So I'm curious to see if you know Serval. Has the the uh, like their interests in having a team and what they having this team do and also like the morals of the superheroes on the team are they you know going to come at odds with Servo Industries or is Servo Industries like really looking out for yeah Gambit was even saying that like while he was he kind of joined their mi- first mission within like five minutes which was weird but the whole time he was wondering if they were up to no mm-hmm. good or if they were good people. And maybe that's why he did it so quickly. He's like, I want to kind of find out more about these people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it was really cool. I recommend anybody check it out. Um, Gambit's got a cool new costume with the same old trench coat. Sexy. Yeah. Sexy. Uh, the uh, art, I, I don't have the book up. The art was really good, though. You know who did it? Did the art. Oh. Our, our boy from Punisher Warzone. Oh, my God. No wonder I love the art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, uh, D. John Carmine D. John Domenico from Italy, I would imagine. <laughs> it's a broad assumption. Great book, make. great book. Yeah, I dug it. I I wouldn't. I haven't read an X Factor book since like the first issue of Peter David's last run when they opened up a detective shop or whatever the heck they were. Should do that for Paper Keg one day. Maybe all two hundred and fifty issues. <laughs> that whole. X Factor kick. <laughs> Two sentences or less. Run out of tape right now. Jonesy loves beer, please. Five Ghosts, issue number eight. Uh, the Adventure in the Orient continues for Fabian Gray. Who is this pirate with the Dreamstone 
And can this comic book get any better? No, it can't. It's great. Avengers World. Hickman, Spencer, and Caselli. Hickman co-writing. I'm in. I'm in. Avengers World, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Rat Queens, number three. The Rat Queens discover that they've been set up to die on the quest they've been sent on. Rat Queens features a halfling lesbian. There, I said it. I love that that's the second sentence. There wasn't this, like, the review. That was the end, the wrap-up. There, I said it. Wasteland. Anthony Johnston and Christopher Mitten from Oni Press. Jonesy, please. We've been waiting to talk. Dale has been waiting patiently for this book club. For chomping at the bit. Seems like the last few hours have been the longest stretch, just waiting... For a turn for me p- to trips get on home. the turnpike. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm least favorite. All right. So Wasteland. A hundred years ago, an event called the Big Wet changed the face of the earth as we know it. The story starts out in the small town of Providence. A Mad Max town where people salvage and get by by the sweat on their brow. And uh, ruin runners, people who go out and salvage for them, uh, treat this town like a crossroads. Of course, there's something deeper going on. There's a ruin runner with special powers called Michael, who shows up one day injured and meets someone very similar with similar abilities called Abby. And instantly they know they have a history between them. And whilst they're meeting, simultaneously in the town of New Begin, Marcus, another gifted human, is rallying the city to his banner as he tries to subjugate the Sunners, the new religion of this new world. The people of Providence are set upon by sand eaters, mutated villains that survive in the desert. They burn the town and the survivors must get to New Begin, the only place they know where they might survive. Along the way, they meet up with a caravan run by the Sultan and we see a new crazy part of the wasteland. That's a pre-city, a city long forgotten before the Big Wet. Their long, arduous trek to New Begin ends And spoilers, it's all for nothing. They come to the city as slaves. The seeds of epicness are planted in the desert of Wasteland. The seeds of epicness, I like that. Did you write that ahead of time? Did you pen that? Did you put that in your little notebook? you did spend no money to hire an (laughs) out-of-work, non-published writer. You had a ton of time to think about it on that long journey home on the turnpike. (laughs) Four and a half hours, trip usually takes two and a half. gosh. Dale, we've we've been waiting patiently. Post-apocalyptic, Antony putting it together for us 
and you saw the quotes in this book littered with high praise oh, yeah. warren ellis and the like um which i had i had missed for whatever reason i don't know what i was doing when this book first came out as a monthly so i missed all this praise so it was interesting to see all the quotes come in at the end of the books like oh i know this person i know that person they really love this book what did dale think of this book i think jonesy jonesy pretty much summed it up the seeds of epicness are planted um I I quite honestly I ha- you, like you I I haven't paid attention to uh, the news. This looks like it came out in '06, so I definitely wasn't probably kind of I was probably out of comics at the time. But even recently, I know it's I maybe just paid attention that there was a new issue released, but for some reason I haven't um, ever looked at it. So and and as Paper Keg enables us to do, we can check these this kind of stuff out. Um, I like, I, I love the book. I love the art. Um, and I like... Ben Temple Smith covers, guys. I like, I, I, I do want to talk about that. I, I'm I'm curious um, what you guys think. But I like how it's, this is clearly set up to be like a slow burn book. Um, I don't think it makes any arguments to, to, to otherwise. I think once you get to the uh, the last issue on issue six like it took six issues for the them to get to new begin and i think like it sets the tone for how the whole uh the whole run is going to go um i on a on a crazy whim i went and i bought all uh 50 issues of this on a, on a comiXology sale disclaimer i you buy that i buy a lot of things from comiXology <laughs> and uh during a wasteland sale so I'm pr- I'm prepared to take that slow burn, but I like how you you slowly get to know more and more about the 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 world building that Anthony Johnston has kind of uh, uh, thought up in his head, and I like uh, anything post apocalyptic. I like if it's done well, you know, and I don't feel any overexposure to that. I know, I know. Where there are a lot of stories that take place in the apocalypse post, and uh, but I don't, I don't mind that as long as it's good. Yeah, I, I, and I talk about this a lot, but current world building stuff that uh, Hickmania does is kind of maybe I'm not in the mood for right now, where I'd rather maybe try it again later. But this world building in this one didn't bother me at all. It wasn't. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it it felt small enough where I was fine with the burn. There wasn't kind of any in-your-face poetic-style writing where I read in maybe Hickman stuff that kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Mm. This this was small enough droppings of storylines that you'll get to later that didn't annoy me, where I was like, okay, that was one sentence that maybe I'll find out about later, and then I just kept moving at my own pace where it didn't bother me at all, where there was obvious dropping of a story that will happen maybe 20 issues from now. And the world building in this was, I actually thought it was great because it went at such a, its own pace, and you said it exactly right. It felt like an obvious slow burn, and it didn't feel like a ton happened in every issue, but it was enough in in the stories that I was reading. And it felt like just enough to keep me wanting to come back. It wasn't a lot... You know, over the course of six issues, that town is burned, and they have to they have to move to the next town. 
And man, how my how how much de- how depression is going through those people's minds where they get to that town and then they realize they're oh, going yeah. into the slave area. <laughs> oh, that reveal. That, you even think uh, when the guard recognizes the character of Jacob, is like, oh, Jacob uh, Oscobar, whatever your name is. Uh, oh, I know you. Well, you know what? You're going to get in. Yeah. I'm going to get yeah. into the city. Oh, hey, uh, are all your friends uh, sunners? Oh, yeah, we all converted to that religion. You know what? Go in this door and stay. Right. Yeah. Go <laughs> into the door. It's going to make your life miserable. That was It was like a Twilight Zone ending. Essentially, like yeah, you work yeah, so hard really for something, and then you you're at like the same exact place or worse at the end. It was it felt like a Twilight Zone ending, and but the you know the the stuff that other there's other there's things in this book that annoy me in other books that didn't annoy me in this one where you have the dialect that's obviously different, and I was okay with it. It didn't bother me that the dialect was different or that they called things that are normal to us different words, obviously, but. I was fine with it. It didn't bug me at all. There was other stories that had come out, and I love, um, uh, who is it? Who writes uh, Wonder Woman now? Not as it Azarella. Azarella did that one story, Spaceman, I think, that came out, the first issue of that. Oh, yeah. The dialogue really took took me out of the, the dialogue, mm-hmm. took me out of the story. But this one I was fine with, and I loved the, when the one character told the story of, of um, the mystery town or the the story of the sun and the moon and how things changed. And you could almost, you could kind of read into the vibe where people got almost too enthralled in their machines that they were making and they weren't paying attention to their gods as they should have been. And the gods like wreaked havoc on them and, and took everything away. I really enjoyed, I loved the backstory of that. You, it was just enough mm-hmm. for you to read in yeah. knowing what we know and then reading their version of how things were, having no knowledge of what our era was like, but you could kind of read into it and get, you know, your own style from it, which I really liked. Yeah, to see how the, uh, you know, if you just picture our civilization and the, and flash forward to their civilization, how they interpreted the goings-on to this mystical religion with machines and buildings and stuff like that. And how the how the they sent their their essentially I almost viewed it as like the second coming of Christ and how civilization would view him coming down and it didn't go well like they they tried to like kidnap him or kill them or they were afraid of it and it didn't go well and this is what would happen if we didn't believe that Jesus was coming back and we took advantage of it and then how spiteful our God would be at that point yeah and the uh, yeah and the art is just I don't know it's it sets a great tone. It's it's like gray, black, and white. I don't think there's any blues at all. So it's just um, shading, basically. But mm-hmm. it fits the story so well, especially the setting where it's just like sand. It's just sand everywhere, dry. My lips are chapped. Just sand in your pants. Reading the book, sand in my pants. Um, it It works really well where... It just looks bleak, and the art style really captures that. And I think it, um, I, oh, I should have, I have to see if I took a screenshot of it, but at the end of one of the issues, Ed Brubaker was quoted, and the art was like, the quote about the art was spot on. I'll see if I, ooh, maybe I did take a screenshot, guys. Oh, is a, is a, our boy Kurt Busick. Uh, this is real good stuff. Uh, Mitten, which is the artist, Mitten has a terrific sense of composition, and his panels itch with texture and tension. 
And that I thought that was perfect a perfect description. Uh, we should get Kurt on the show at some point so we can talk get about Wasteland. Get him on Wasteland if you can. Um, but I thought that was a great uh, description of the art because it would, it's that true. It's it, The art is has texture and it itches like sand. It's like there's sand everywhere and reading the the look at the at the art kind of makes your eyes feel that way you know what i mean like i i don't it's it's really weird to describe but i i'm doing a poor poor job but it's it's the it sets the tone well of this sandy dry world you know and with no lotion around anywhere <laughs> we don't know that we don't know there's no lotion there's got to be no lotion jonesy please i know you're waiting to just hop in chomping chomping in the bit i love love stories that are told as travelogues and that got me hook line and sinker like as soon as there's a quest where people have to walk somewhere i am in and i know that sounds lame but Anytime, you know, a person's got to travel and you don't know what's over the next hill, I kind of love uh, that type of storytelling. And the story is huge. I mean, there's uh, there's litterings of, uh, you know, hey, uh, how do these people know each other? You know, they're obviously not aging and it's been about 80 years and 100 years ago there was some kind of cataclysmic event. So what happened? And how are these people still around? And why do we have to go to this city if these people are obviously talented enough to, to not go there? And then the flip side is like the Byzantine politics of New Begin. Oh, yeah. And it becomes this political motivated story. And you're, we're telling a fantasy story, something that's obviously supernatural beyond post-apocalyptic. There are superpowers in it. Uh, and... But it's told through these classic designs, this politics and, and travelogue. And, you know, I've said it like a gazillion times. I love when, you know, these big stories are just about character journeys and Wasteland just, you know, nails it right on the head. I mean, it, it's so good. And it doesn't hit you over the head with the fact that it's that good. I mean, the descriptive narrative of the story is very simple. You know, it doesn't go out out of its way to blow your mind. It, it doesn't beat you over the head with what's going on, and the action is just uh, like very well paced. And I like that everything has consequences. Like uh, just because they've got to move to New Begin after the first tragedy, you're like, okay, these characters have got to be safe because we've got to get to point B in the plot. And then, you know, 40 of them die after the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the battle in uh, in pre-city. And then, like, by the end of the sixth issue, you're pretty sure your favorite character is going to be dead by <laughs> issue seven. So it's, uh, it's great to have a story like that, uh, especially in comic books, because I feel like stories in comics that try to take that on might miss the mark. And uh, mm-hmm. this is just spot on. I love Wasteland. It's really, I'm going to keep reading. Yeah, because the the he plants so many seedlings of things that can be where if we were reading a six issue arc of a different kind of comic trying to convey the same message, it would just be too rushed. It wouldn't have yeah. been able to take its time, and Abby, you know, wouldn't be half dead for 
uh, two full issues or more. I can't even remember, but uh, yeah, it's like I I, I love that that how how he firmly sets the pacing of the book, and you know you're full fully invested in it, and you're happy that it took this long to for them to get to point A to point B. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to take them all. I think it's. I think the run is at its fiftieth issue now. I mean, are they still not at Ariasi at issue oh, yeah. fifty? Like, is that going to be the very last issue? I'm interested to see where the journey goes because, you know, there's a whole world out there, and they're really just one city. So I, I got to believe the story grows beyond that at some point. And the uh, like you brought up the uh, the political structure and stuff the. I don't know that extra thought about the that's the kind of um, political structure that's going to be formed to run New Begin is really cool. And the titles that the uh, the politicians are given on the committee and stuff, that's, that's all very well thought out. Byzantine loves beer. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that the reveal, like I'm thinking so far ahead, but I want to know what the actual big wet was. Like, I wonder if it was just some kind of, you know, typhoon, tsunami everywhere, and that's what happened, or just completely unrelated, and there was, like, I don't know, some kind of warfare that destroyed everyone, and, like, I Mm -hmm. want that Twilight Zone-ish ending where they get to some point, and it's just, like, you know, I don't know, they get to a blown-out car, and some skeleton was hitting the button or something, like, in this this war room, this control room, and they find that. Like, I love that. The, the endings, you know, where the the spaceship lands, crash lands in on this planet where they have oxygen and it looks like the desert. And then they realize they crash land. They were on Earth the whole time and they just killed <laughs> half each other because they thought they were just going to die on this planet. Like, I want that kind of ending where it flips everything on its head. But, well, hopefully, I don't I mean, maybe it will take that long to get to it, but hopefully not too long. Yeah, and clearly Michael, who's uh, been around the block, he's got those powers, same as Abby. He but alludes everybody. to having known the um, oh yeah the father I think right some guy's father I think at the end the father of the doctor or Jacob's father I think it might have been Jacob's father but yeah then yeah. the kid asks him like wait what and then that one like you oh, yeah. quickly just like skip ahead like I was fine with that um yeah so definitely if you can get a chance read this I know there's a putting out some sweet hardcovers so you know it's a good book and the uh, hardcovers are like double uh, oversized and double the amount of issues i think there's 13 issues in the first hardcover which are it's going to get up getting put on my wish list my amazon oh wish look list. out look out and i'm a sucker for uh good story and ladies <laughs> check out my wish list ladies see that hardcover. be amazed be amazed uh yeah high recommendation to check it out Wasteland. Only press. They do good work. Letter 44. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. I snuck a peek at one of these letters and I cannot wait for that to be read on the show. Both letters are uh, amazing this week. Both. Um, first letter uh, up <clears throat> is from uh, Sean Miller. Uh, I think under an at under an anchor on Twitter. 
not long ago, after hearing I was into comics, a coworker approached me after work and asked me if I ever heard of a comic called Crossed. Ooh. I said no, and he was all too happy to pull a few issues out of his backpack to show me. Oh. My. God. <laughs> never, and I mean never in my life, have I seen anything quite like that. The page he opened to featured a panel where a guy was getting gasoline poured into his b-hole through a funnel, then, you guessed it, set on fire. Issue after issue was filled with the most terrible stuff I could have imagined. I get that people are into some weird stuff, but who is this book for? Before asking you if you'd ever heard of it, I thought I should go through some old episodes to see if you mentioned it. Yep, a whole episode dedicated to it. Praise the Lord, you guys were just as disgusted as I was. How does something like this get published? This book, pro this book proves that you can publish whatever the heck you want. Anyway, my coworker was, my coworker was literally told he would be fired if he brought that reading material and promoted it at work again. That same guy later told me that he stopped reading it because a girl he stopped talking to him after she found out it after she found it in his room. Now that's saying something. I doubt any com other comic in history has come close to getting someone fired. However, I'm sure it's not the first comic to keep a guy from getting laid. Hmm. Loving the show, keep it up. P.S. Any chance you'd read Paul Pope's Battling Boy for a book club? I'm the only guy in my circle of friend who, friends who's read it. Owen Dale, while driving to work, I saw a falcon eating a snake while perched atop a <laughs> telephone pole. Uh, yeah, that's the best part of the whole letter right there. <laughs> Hashtag falconry. I wonder what percentage of our regular listeners even get the inside joke about falconry. <laughs> yeah, unless so they, even min more minutes. They just gotta follow Dale's Twitter feed. Unless they uh, don't follow, if they don't follow my Twitter feed, yes, apologies, guys. But luckily, this guy is plugged in. I want to be a falconer so bad. <laughs> um, this, yeah, Sean. I mean, this coworker is a a disgusting individual. <laughs> he was buying this in print. And God, I hope he's not talking about himself and trying to make it feel right. Like <laughs> I have a friend. <laughs> And he was recommending it to people. Uh, this is a man with no social skills whatsoever who uh, only says he stopped reading it because he was trying to lure a woman into uh, having relations with him. Um, I can't, yeah, I mean, stay away from him. Don't be left alone with him. He's probably the creepy guy at the work, at your work. Um, this... It's some crazy stuff, and yeah, that the fact that he recommended it to you, the fact that he he stopped reading it not of his own accord because he wanted to get a girl like that's that's the in, that's inside the head of this guy. Cross, you know what I mean? Crossed readers are people too, Dale. They're people. No, they're, they're human people. beings, right? Yeah, they're a uh, hundred years after the big wet, and they live in robes <laughs> in sand dunes. And they eat other people. Listen, Sean, um, two of these hosts are into computers. Uh, I'll give you the worm they made for me that deleted this from all my purchase history and credit card statements. 
and I will show you how to make sure the internet never knows you read Crossed. The big, the big wet was Crossed hitting the number one top-selling book in the world. <laughs> yeah. That was the big wet. Nothing was ever the same after that. Oh, yeah. It was like an EMP. Cars wouldn't start. People running the other, <laughs> other direction. Uh, yeah, thanks for that letter. And uh, we appreciate you like letting someone else know about this because you just can't keep that to yourself. Uh, letter two. Uh, hey, fellows. Uh, recent listener, love the show. Been inventorying at work, so listening to some of your past stuff. Listen to the 100th as well as way far back in the archives. Seems like you guys were a bit more negative back in the day. Just an observation. I could be wrong. Favorite moment has to be the establishment of the fireside and at Jones it would be going off on a guest host telling him to eat your own S and die. That never happened for the record. Yes, Wonderful it stuff. did. Yes, it That's... did. <laughs> okay. I think he was joking, but it still made me laugh my A off. We think you think maybe he was too. <laughs> keep up the good work. You guys keep a long day interesting. Thanks for the laughs and the exposure to other books. I recommend you guys read Saga for a book club. Fantastic book. TJ, a.k.a. at that movie freak. Yeah, Thank thanks you, for that. Um, to get the, to get out of the way, the, you what you experienced was Jonesy hamming it up for a, a, a live studio audience. He does that, and it's probably he 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 you, becomes you, he's he's overtaken by some some sort look, of drive to look, I don't that, even try know to what you guys are talking that, about I don't, vileness. I don't know what first of all I don't know which episode that was but I can tell you really quick if you want to search the archives just Dave was a guest host if I recall correctly Listen, so search Google Dave don't search and, anything. and you'll find and just scroll to that fireside guys, that was that was the an yes, instance in. where Jonesy was taken over by the character we all know as Jonesy loves beer and he was on <laughs> Fire! He let it right. all out, and I was I was actually aghast when that happened. That whole scenario. I remember that of was. Of course you are. It was around uh, the thirty days a night book club. It was either that one or one before and one after it. But I are we really still trying to pinpoint this right now? Can I we just move it on. Drove over? home. People want to know. I, I it was the longest drive home. I was so felt so dismissed. Like, why are we even doing this podcast when things like it that almost happen? ended. Seeing yeah. Jonesy just dissect a human being like that to their core, telling them to eat their own ass and die live on a podcast in front of people, it was it was harrowing. And, you, and you know why? And and I'm sure just Dave just told him uh, that uh, he didn't like his hair or <laughs> something super minor to that effect. The and thing he is, j- and he just let loose. The thing is, no one can get under Jonesy's skin quite like just dave i've known <laughs> jonesy and dave for for decades and no one can cut to jonesy like just dave he could tear him apart in seconds and jonesy will be strangling him to death with his kerchief <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that was it because you know this is jonesy's home turf you don't be doing that stuff on right. home turf like yeah. i don't actually i don't i wouldn't blame him but i do remember this scenario around the time and i didn't it's, uh, it's like Terrell Owens posing on the the star, it, the the uh, the cowboy star. Remember that that it riled everybody up. That's that's what happened to Jonesy Loves Beer and set him off. But if we could let's let's pull away from Jonesy, making him feel bad. Let's get back to the negativity, uh, shaming shaming me. He, I think he made a mention. He thought we were more negative in the early episodes, and I will absolutely mm-hmm. agree. I think we were very negative 
for books. I mean, we talked about books we didn't like, I think. Yeah, I think um, in the beginning, and it, it might have continued for quite a while, but I think we were going to be that podcast. We we're going to be that edgy podcast that we're going to give you the skinny on the good, good and the bad. And the bad was definitely going to be for the sake of comedy. Like we would have probably went over the top in how terrible a book was. I mean, there was like a nine week period where Gen Z only talked about Dakin. Right. <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration. I think there was nine, maybe nine no, out of 11 a, episodes, of episodes where Jonesy's roundtable book was Dakin, and he hated it <laughs> yeah. every month, but he still picked it. He would wish uh, Dakin would eat his own ass and die. <laughs> I mean, but he would still talk about it to the readers. Um, oh so I think for the sake of comedy and stuff, you know, it was funny and ha ha ha, but... I think we all kind of wised up since then. Like, right. if we don't like a book, let's not waste energy talking about it. Because, I mean, it is a, like I I, I I may not be speaking for everybody, but it comics take a lot of work, and people pour their heart and souls into creating them. And it's just like, why do you want to tear something like that down? They could be, they could have a search filter set up on Twitter. Yeah. Jonesy could be unbuttoning his shirt in front of me right now, <laughs> trying to throw me off my game. Yeah, we but, would, we, yeah, we'd all. We, I think we. I think I was probably one of the most guilty. I would just say a creator was trash. Their book was trash. Their life is trash. And then you get to a certain point where, you know, either professionally or otherwise, you see those people at the water cooler. You, do, you, you you interact with people that are in the same field, and you think like, well, I wouldn't ever want this person to hear what I said. Not on a professional yeah. level, but on a personal level. Like, I wouldn't ever want this creator to hear that I called their work and themselves trash. But I still, like, being in comics now, and I've, I follow, I, I see a lot of people talk about comics, people are still like that, and they're, they're like, a lot older than me, and they still kind of talk about people being trash on the internet. And, like, I don't want to be that person anymore. That, that person yeah. has a search filter. They search mentions of themselves. I don't want to be seen as someone that just tears somebody down like that anymore. Yeah, and I think, I think maybe we've all kind of evolved separately, um, but at the same time, like it was never discussed off of the air that may like, hey guys, maybe we shouldn't be so negative. But I think it was just a natural evolution of where we were as hosts in the you know in in public, and you know the the, m- the more we get exposed to, the more we just know that it's an industry that n- you know is so much better to thrive on positive energy and supporting creators and, you know, giving them high fives. And, and if you don't like it, don't publicly talk about it. Like text uh, each other. Like we do. Yeah. Like a group text where we just say those negative things and get it like, off don't our even, chest. Like don't even be that guy at the, and, and show off at the comic store or, you know, to talk about how bad a book is it's just like, you don't, I don't know, save it for people you could trust or people, who don't need to hear that kind of stuff and and discourage them from buying comics uh, to begin with or trying new stuff. And uh you know most of the media of uh, or that reviews the industry um you know they're they they think it's okay to kind of do that stuff and they all just sound like the same broken record on Twitter and stuff like that and it just sounds like it's not classy it's not it's real garbagey it's just a low class kind of thing to do hmm. i think the, yeah i think just in general overall the show has either evolved or matured 
to the point where it is now for, I mean, I, for, I say for better. I think the show's great, if I can be honest with you. Yeah, you guys didn't get any quality hosts. You two just, uh, you know, hold up slot one, slot two, and I get to uh, ride your coattails. Jonesy loves grudges. Yeah. That's what's happening Oh, right there, is, there is one brewing. Right. No, I'm Watch out, kidding. Slim. Here it comes. <laughs> He's going to yell at me. He's going to stand up and tell me to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ran out of letters uh, music on that one. Only two um, letters and we ran out. It's cool that... Uh, I'm, I'm glad he brought that up, though, and, and maybe... Uh, sees the evolution as well. I, I don't know. I think it's cool that he he brought that up though, and noticed. Yeah. Plus, we used to have a host, uh, Mark Farrington. He's now dead. He was our DC historian, Mark Farrington. God rest his soul. He was a great man. Yeah. Um, the only way you could consistently keep him positive is to feed him Jeff Johns or Mark Wade books. Yeah, or Flash. Yeah. Any Flash cosmic book treadmills. It. <laughs> I wish uh, that cosmic treadmill would eat its own ass and die. <laughs> uh, God, uh, VIP thanks. episode for Dale. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. So many quotables while I'm editing. I might shoot some of these out from the pick and account. <laughs> we need to come up with a theme episode still. Ooh, um, yeah. Got no book club decided yet for next episode, but we'll see everybody next week. Stay tuned for the late book club announcement. download that episode so bad tonight <laughs> you probably feel squeamish trying to listen to a past episode yeah like it might be i might get embarrassed some of those are some of those like are, watching your old twitter posts oh god those are time those hop are is good and bad i actually maybe like last year or the year before i started to try to make myself listen to older episodes i can't remember who was doing it maybe it was panooch or or catcher on the twitter catcher, and it's yeah. funny to see what things were like staples of certain sections of episodes like there's like there's like things that i'll remember to make fun of or bring up for like three episodes and then it'll get replaced by something (laughs) but i just always forget about whatever those things were in like a month so like Mm -hmm. it's funny to go back and be like i made fun of dale or jonesy or mark for this for like three weeks and then i just forgot about it they never last which i guess is a good thing yeah yeah that's true because then it keeps it fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. Avengers World. I read that. What did you think? It split the office in half at work. Did it? Yeah, I. it split me in half. I don't... It, it was um, more understandable than previous Avengers, but I don't know if I like the direction it's going. I don't need the moon guy with the moon on his head. As it like, I don't know. I don't know. I liked it because it. I don't like the current Avenger stuff, and this one was more action-packed, less heavy written-handed for me. Like I feel like I can g- 
get into this and just have a good time and then get the heck out and not worry about some kind of poetry from a god on yeah. another moon that's going to tell me, get the hell out of here. I don't want that. Yeah, I do like how the how Hickman was able to write in one issue, set up a conflict happening at, in three different places all at once. That was really interesting, and there's going to be definitely some action involved. And don't forget, he's only that. he's only co-writing. I'm not even sure how much legwork oh, he's doing because right. it's Nick Spencer. That's right. You're right. Uh, he might maybe just be doing like plots or something. I don't know. I'm trying to scroll through. Uh, they're both credited as writers. Now, does this replace Avengers, Avengers World, or is it... No, they're going to go on at the same time. Oh. So there's Avengers, New Avengers, Secret, Avengers World. One of them probably stopped, but I don't know which one that is. Yeah, he still has his, his Avengers stable. Okay, okay. I, uh, I don't think I got enough information out of that issue to make a judgment call yet. This is definitely just, you know, setting up the ball for a spike. So, we just see where it goes. I liked uh, the Banner um Captain America interaction. I think it's uh, on that like it it stayed on that professional level. <laughs> like everybody's known each other for so long, especially Banner and Cap. They've had like that there's still this working relationship between the two. I I don't know. It was it was written very work relationship like mm. They don't know each other on a personal level. And I don't know that much about the 40, 50 years of Avengers history, but, I mean, they, they have to know each other on a personal level. But I don't know if Cap and Banner... I don't know if Banner's <laughs> friendly with anybody on a personal level. I like uh, Caselli's art, too. I think that was another draw yeah, for me. that was gorgeous. It was gorgeous art. Like, certain artists can... I think Captain America's new uniform is very detailed and heavy-handed for a lot of artists but i thought he any artist that can pull off cap's new uniform well Mm -hmm. you know is a okay in my book i also read that last wolverine issue or uh, i don't know if it's the last issue or not but the killable alan davis paul cornell thing oh yeah when he like he's lost his healing factor and i don't know how i feel about that book hmm Essentially, he, um, he, some alien race stalled his healing factor, and he started to like go haywire, and he wasn't able to trust his senses anymore, and was like basically making bad decisions that put people's lives in danger, and people got killed, and Sabretooth showed up at the end to be like the mastermind, and he's wearing like this big suit, and he's got one of those blades, I guess that was like the. Wolverine's blade that was handed to him during one marriage or some such—I can't remember—but um, he essentially tells Wolverine, "He's like, you're a, you're a zero. <laughs> you kill as much as I do, and there's no reason for any of your friends to like you. You're we're the same." And AKA every conversation between the two, right? Whatever. And this was Paul Cornell's version of Wolverine on the train tracks with his head. So at the end, Kitty Pride is even like, Ugh, "Get away from me, Logan! You make me sick." Which oh is, God! Which is kind of crazy after all the things that they've been through. Yeah. Um. So he. So the alien as a last ditch effort. The shield is like eradicating this alien race. And one of these people that was like hostage is like Wolverine. I'm the alien. I'm the last one left. I can give you back your healing factor and make you whole again. Just let me hide in you or whatever. And he's like, no. 
So he still doesn't have his healing factor back. And he, the, his last sentence is like, the Wolverine is dead in this issue. So, Wow. Wow. He like, agree, he, like, agreed with Sabretooth at the end of the issue. He's like, you're right, I'm nothing. Sabretooth's like, no, wait, no, I was just, this is just what we, <laughs> we do. We need to start this all again. Well, yeah, he's like, well, this is the part, Sabretooth is like, this is the part where I kill you, but I'm just going to walk away. I made my point. So he was, like, really <laughs> oh, mentally man. killing him, essentially. So I don't know, I don't know if, like, I've seen preview art of that new Wolverine story where he's wearing, like, wrist gauntlets and his claws are coming out of him. So I don't know, I, maybe the suit like helps him heal or maybe it's like a really thick suit and that's why he's wearing a new costume so he doesn't get killed. I don't know. <laughs> he's got a gun on the cover of the one issue. Weird. Maybe it's really Bucky. <laughs> Bucky wo- Bucky Logan. <laughs> Bogan. Bogan carries a gun. <laughs> the blue eyes is the key. You got to check the eye color. Remember that back in the day? No. No, remember I don't the remember, that. remember the teaser images where uh, you could nobody could tell if Cap was back or if it was Bucky Uh-oh. Cap, <laughs> and he was carrying a gun. They were like, "Cap would to carry a gun." I'm living in the past. What's the theme episode going to be? We still need to come up with a theme show. I think we need to do all Dark Horse show. Jeez, don't tease me. Dale's shorts just shot across the room. Don't tease slash troll me. I would suggest us doing. Bro? I would suggest us doing like a large Baltimore keg, but I feel like we've uh, fawned over that so much that we've already done it. Yeah, yeah, we probably have. Hmm. What could we do? I don't know. It's tough because we've got to think out of the box. Have we ever done the Killing stuff. Joke for a book club? I don't think we have. Mm-mm. Definitely not. Are we ready for a DC book? <laughs> Are we ever ready for? <laughs> we emotionally ready. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't know. It's um. Let's talk about. Let's just hold on and talk about our next book club. That's what we need to do. What is that? That's what we need to decide. You have something in mind? Is that what you're? Nope. No, I don't. What do I always throw out and get shot down on besides criminal? Uh, Blankets. That's going to be our last episode is criminal. I, that's when we decide it's finally time to, to call it quits. Criminal should be our last episode. Well, it's not going to be now. talking about it today. What was when it? was the last one that we went with for you, Gen Z? What was the last book club suggestion that you said that we went God, with? God, it feels like the authority. I can never get that out of my head. Do, uh, Jonesy, you should present three ch- possible choices that aren't a rucket keg that we could possibly. I don't know do. if I can. All right, that's the theme. Jonesy has to decide. Jonesy chooses God. all books that we read. Oh my God, that's a great. I'm theme. trying to go back. I'm like a terrible 30... show, but a great theme. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm going like uh, 40 episodes back, and I can't find any that were my pick. <laughs> Just gonna hush, maybe a hush. Might, that, that, that might have been. That was that actually isn't a bad idea. Jonesy picks all the books that we read. God, that's. I already awful. know what book club should be, but I don't know if Jonesy's gonna ever think of it. What is it? I don't know if I should say it. Say I'm it. Scared. Do it. Jan Jurgens. Oh my <laughs> God! Holy crap! 
So when's this episode going to be? <laughs> well, technically, we'd be recording in three days, and then during that day, we'd say, oh, crap, can we schedule for another day? Yeah, can we go Sunday? Uh, what? <sighs> I got nothing. Jonesy can't even think straight right now since that it I'm, suggestion. It's a lot of pressure. I, think, I feel like I always say Jason Aaron's Wolverine Weapon X. Yeah, that's another one on your list that you mention a lot. What was I just talking? I was we just talking back. to somebody about something today. I can't remember what it is for the life We of go me. back to the, uh, uh, no, we we go back to the Bendis Maleev oh, Daredevil. Oh, my. Remember I, I remember I suggested that compendium, that book one? Mm, That's yeah. in the app. It's like Bendis Maleev Daredevil Compendium 1. Let me see how many pages that is here. About a million pages. Oh, my. I was just talking to Timmy Gibbs today about uh, Fractions Iron Fist. Oh, that's actually not too terrible. Daredevil by Bendis and Maleev, Ultimate Collection, 411 pages. Not too bad, he says. <laughs> actually, it's Bendis, so that would be like 800 pages in terms of reading time. <laughs> Collects Daredevil 16 through 19 and 26 through 40. We also have volume two, which is 467 pages. Volume three, 359. Wow, that's the whole thing. Those three volumes are all their stuff on Daredevil because volume four is Brubaker's run. Daredevil goes to prison? Yeah. Shocker. Blank goes to prison. (laughs) We're running out of time right now. Hour and yeah, ten we're minutes. like the one minute, forty minute. Oh my! I don't, I don't did, did you say your recording says forty minutes? Because we're screwed if that's the case. <laughs> Sorry to cackle into the mic. Maybe we can end on that cackle. Yeah. So what's our book club? Have we decided, we haven't decided right now? yet? We haven't decided yet. If we're doing, okay. if we're doing the Jonesy theme show, you need to come up with some books. Well, I can't do that by Thursday. Oh. Let's pick a book in between. Jonesy can't do it in four days. <laughs> <laughs> That's I it. can't okay. possibly All right. come up with you guys ready four for this? books you in guys ready four for days. Alright, so what am I coming up with? Book clubs and what you guys are reading? I just told you what the book club would be. Then you need to pick books for Dale and I to read for a for for round table and lightning round. Okay, done. I'm doing it. Okay. I'm picking it tonight. Holy crap. <laughs> so that's it. That's the theme show? Yep. Jonesy, Jonesy's choice. Like Sophie's like choice. Like Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy would have to also be in charge of intro music and outro music. I think he'd have to. Oh God, <laughs> this is an awful idea. Uh, spoilers: it would be the it would be the Lion King song. All the songs <laughs> would be the Lion King. Nah, <laughs> <laughs>